All right, Chris, you want to hit us with your great intro? Yes. In fact, I actually have perhaps a better intro. My initial idea was to kind of talk about how, like, Kmart ads from the 90s are making me upset. But instead, I'd like to talk about Vladimir Demikov. Okay. Are you familiar? Chris is showing me a black and white photo of a man in a lab coat uh, holding two dogs, I think? I think they're sewn together. Also, Elton's here. And also the cat's meowing very loud. Yeah. Uncharacteristically loud. So this is the man who uh, has completed the first in the 30s and 40s, especially after World War II. He's very active. First successful lung transplant, heart transplant. And also, for 29 days, this dog stayed alive with two heads. Did it have two brains, or did it have... Okay, so it's just two dogs sewn together? Yeah. Why do you do this? Science. Elaborate. Like, what science? To see if it's possible. <laughs> okay. And so the answer was for 29 days, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, there are huge problems, and I was actually reading a breakdown where someone had yeah. talked about like some of like the uh, advancements that have happened since... That would actually make what he did even easier. Okay. But also there are certain things that you just cannot be, cannot be um, at this point, like, done. I mean, like, for example, nerves. You can't really, like, connect the nerves of two separate beings. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? For, for one. Um, but, yeah, so I saw pictures of this today. And uh, just, yeah, tell me how you're feeling on that. I feel bad about it. Yeah? There's more. There's, like, uh... You know, there's that. He's drinking some water there. What about the top dog? How does the top dog drink? Well, like this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, the color. Yeah, they are sleeping together. Oh, you hate it in color? Yeah. So you don't like looking at this? Is that a different dog on top? That might be like a taxidermied or like a replica of the situation. Here's a diagram of what was going on. Right. Can't understand I think understand in the first it. photograph you can see the dog has like the black splotches over its eyes. Okay. Some people don't necessarily believe it happened. Yeah, I'm finding this hard to believe if I'm being honest. Yeah. I do like that the top dog is piggybacking the other dog yeah like got arms spread over its shoulders yeah it's really fun yeah um it sucks because dogs always look happy i can't tell if they're in pain or not there's no way that's not horrific yeah there's no way it's not but yeah like i said this man uh you know responsible for this cruel cruel act but also heart and lung transplant so there you go hmm um, do I approve of this? No. Well, that's good to know. But I'm also giving it a 10 out of 10. This is very interesting. Wait, yeah. so are you telling me that the heart and lung transplant was this? Dog? No, separate. These are all separate oh, experiments. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this guy was lung... just going crazy. Right, he just sewed two dogs together because yeah. he could. And then yeah. also did that other thing that was good. Yeah, he was just kind of vibing on this one. Mm. Yeah, it's insane to think about how, like, you know, sometimes there's, a lot of times there's conjoined twins. Yeah. And it's sometimes impossible to get them apart. There's a Denzel Washington movie about it. Uh -huh. Actually, it might be Cuba Gooding Jr. And then I scared Can't you remember. with something the other day. Didn't and then I this scare guy's you? just like, you know what? I'm going to do it on purpose. Yeah. What'd you scare me with? The other I day? scared you with the, uh, the idea that one of them dies first. Yeah. And you're oh, conjoined. Yeah. And you hated that. Yeah. He scared me and Alicia with it. Yeah. Apparently. There was another doctor, Dr. Robert White, who was inspired by this and apparently replicated it in monkeys. Cool. I don't know if I have pictures. I don't know if I have pictures of that, though. It's three monkeys. They do cartwheels real easy. <laughs> yeah, Chris told me the other day that when a conjoined twin dies, within like 12 hours, the other one dies. So you just got to hang out with your dead brother attached to you for a while. Mm. I'm not finding any pictures of the monkey situation. Although it looks like he didn't make a two-headed monster. More so he just put a monkey's head on another monkey's body. 
And Chris was telling us this about the conjoined twins. And I was like, well, I'm upset that you told me that. And Alicia was like, yeah, I don't want to hear anymore. And Chris went, oh, no, it's fine. They, like, had a lot of family that were very sad or something. He said something like that that was like, he was like, oh, no, it's fine. Here's a way worse fact. <laughs> well, I was just talking about how they were, like, uh, part of, like, uh, like, a, like, a, like a Barnum and Bailey's, like, circus kind of a thing. Mm. Anyways, this is a movie podcast. <laughs> Eating Soup Alone is a podcast hosted by me, Christopher Crumlin, and co-hosted by Nicholas Johnson. We try our best to ramble incoherently about a handful of movies at least once a week. We watched... Well, Chris and I watched T2 and T2. Yeah. Elton... Elton. Well, I've never seen either of them. (laughs) I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Can I cuss here? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Elton was just over and we're like, yeah, do the podcast. Yeah. Well, like, Elton didn't want to leave. And we're like, I guess you can do the show with us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Elton, which one do you want us to talk about first? T2. Okay. All right. Elaborate. Well, we have our, our reader mail. Okay. Uh, this envelope says T2, and this envelope says T2. Oh. So, Elton, which one Which one are we going to talk about first? Ooh, uh, do the hot dog one. This one? Sure. Okay, here you go, Chris. Oh, we watched it's Train Spotting Two and Terminator Two. By the way, well, I thought they're that, both called T2. I was hoping that the news was gonna elaborate on what two were, on the two T twos. T two Terminator, one hundred percent protein, zero percent trans fats. Terminator Two is close to a perfect film and absolutely a perfect sequel. James Cameron, that little freak. Look what uh, no took what made the first Terminator great, added some Iron Giant and a few hundred more millions of dollars, and made the Back to the Future of action movies. Heck, I love this movie. Woo! Quote. Uh, I know now why you cry. Unquote. Are you kidding me? Woo! Skagagunkagunk, skagagunkagunk, and then it says do do do. I I can't remember that tune perfectly, so I'm not gonna keep doing that. Nine out of ten. Woo. Chris, what's your history with Terminator Two? Uh, I just saw it a billion times growing up and stuff. You know, it's. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. That's it, really. I loved the Terminator and and uh, Predator growing up. I mean, just big beefcakes really did it for little baby Chris. Oh yeah. And uh, as you were asking before the podcast started, Elton, probably Terminator 3 was the one that I watched the most. Really? Yeah. Actually, yeah, me too, probably. Probably. I think it came out when I was a kid. So. Yeah. As an adult, as I've, uh, you know, said on the podcast already, I think Terminator 1 is the one that's like my bread and butter. Mm-hmm. That you makes know? sense. And so, yeah. What the fuck does that mean? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> What's your history with this thing? Um, I saw it. Probably before I was cognizant. Um, and then I went to Universal Studios with my dad as a kid. And they had a live Terminator 2 stage show. Where they played clips on like a big movie screen. And then they'd come out, like actors would come out of the screen. And like do a little stage show. And then they'd fall back into the screen and to be part of the movie again. And it blew my little mind. Wow. Didn't know how they did it, but it was crazy. Like it's, it's even hard to explain. Hard to visualize. Yeah, exactly. Like the screen was liquid, like how they do in the Terminator? Kind of, yeah. Ooh. It was like a full-sized 
like it was like a theater like a play would be on but they had like a, a backdrop with a movie screen yeah and every now and then a motorcycle would drive out of the movie screen and the actors would be on stage doing terminator stuff and then they drive back into the screen and it was great um and then a couple of years ago when the newest terminator came out dark fate i want to say is that really what it was called yeah wow. uh they put arnold schwarzenegger as the terminator into mortal kombat and I was like, well, I love Mortal Kombat, so I'll buy Terminator. And I was like, I should see a Terminator movie. And then I got really into Terminator and Terminator 2. And I was like, oh, that marketing worked on me real well. Yeah. I'm not going to see the new one. Um, and I, we talked about Terminator before. I like the first one quite a bit. And I love Terminator 2. Yeah. What's your history with it, Elton? I have never seen any Terminator movies. Wow. Except for the one that I saw with Nick. Terminator 1. Terminator 1, the first one. Yeah. Uh, kind of drunk when we watched it. Though, yeah. So sorry Watch it sober. Later. Yeah, I would like to. Yeah. Um, it's my girlfriend's favorite movies. No some of, them, some of them she loves the Terminator movies. Yeah, that first one really goes hard. Uh-huh, I'm that, you. Jurassic Park, and Scream. Cool. Yeah. yeah. That's a good top three. You need to see Jurassic Park. We should have her on the podcast. Yeah. You really should. You need to have her and her friend. They yeah. both are crazy music, or not movie heads. Uh, yeah, invite them over. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of, uh, her friend Michaela is going through a... Arnold Schwarzenegger time right now. Her and her dad are watching all of his movies wow. this year uh, because she, her dad used to be a bodybuilder. And so now, like, or growing up rather, they've had like Arnold Schwarzenegger pictures yeah. on the walls. Um, so just always been a role model for her. Wow. Cool. You should have had her on. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a fun fact about bodybuilding. Oh, yeah. He does it. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger's a bodybuilder. Yeah. No, Chris yeah. does it. Mm. Look at him. Chris can bench press, bench press 600 pounds right over his head. Oh, yeah. See? Chris took his shirt off. Um, but no, bodybuilding, from what I understand, initially wasn't really like a beefcake thing necessarily, like a, like a sportsy kind of a thing. It was more like yeah. an artsy thing. Like it was a yeah. weird thing to do with your body. It was like, a, like an expression of like... Yeah, yeah uh, mm-hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger was a really good friends with Andy Warhol yeah. because of that, because it was seen as like a freak kind of artistic thing to do so yeah. they like ran in the same circles so yeah, yeah. Andy Warhol and Arnold Schwarzenegger were really and he used to smoke mad dope I don't know if he does now but yeah. I assume to. so yeah governor of California hell yeah, yeah. Mm. alright so anyways let's talk about this movie first off right off the bat when I was a kid obviously like this is the Terminator mm-hmm. like this is the Terminator like his look yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger is like the oh, black oh absolutely yeah I like his outfit in the first one more do you like the the end of the movie or the beginning of the movie outfit more in the first one? Yeah, where he's wearing that like big winter coat and like the Hawaiian shirt. For some reason, I don't remember that. I just remember like the green jacket he has on and the gray pants and the black sunglasses. I think that's. I think you're getting both of them mixed up. Uh-uh. He stills like Bill Paxton's clothes at the beginning. Yeah, he stills like it's like a, it's like a street tough wear. It's like yeah. that green jacket or whatever with like it's got spikes on it and some chains yeah. or something. Yeah. And then halfway through the movie, he goes home to repair himself and puts yeah. on a leather jacket and yeah. the iconic Terminator outfit. Yeah. So you like the first one more? Yes. Yeah, I like that. Glad we got to the bottom of that. Yeah. I don't know what the confusion was still. But. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I would say uh, now that I'm a little bit older, that's the first thing is Arnold Leather Daddy this time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's very Leather Daddy. Leather, the leather pants I was fixated on for some reason with the whole runtime. I get that. You know what I mean? I don't know why. Yeah, I I think I'm. It depends on what day of the week. Yeah. If I like Terminator or Terminator Two more. Yeah. But it's also I, the sunglasses. Not as cool as the first one. I don't like yeah, that. Like they're more nineties, like yeah. slimmer sunglasses. Yeah. Um. 
It's not bad. I'm not saying like this is like, oh, they ruined the Terminator or something like that. Not that. I'm just saying like if I were playing a game and I could pick the outfit. Like Mortal Kombat? Yeah, like Mortal yeah, Kombat. Can you? No, his default outfit is him from the new movie. Oh, so okay. he looks old and then one of them has a leather jacket. But you can unlock like older Terminator outfits. But like, okay. they're just like random like loot box shit. Yeah. So I don't have any. I'm very upset about it. Mm. We've had this conversation a thousand times on this show okay. about how much we hate video games and loot boxes. So I'm not going to do it again. But I like Terminator 2 a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, you want to talk about the outfit at all, or you want to barrel forward? I got nothing like about it? the outfits. You nothing? Fine, yeah. yeah it okay. just looks like sleeker, newer, yeah. higher budget. They yeah. didn't find it at a thrift store version yeah. of the last movie, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, we were having a conversation, was it last week, about sequels? Yeah, I think we might have, yeah. About how there's not a lot of good sequels. Uh, not, uh, that's not necessarily what I was trying to get across. I was more so trying to get across that I don't care about sequels too much. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, there are great examples. I think that's what we're talking about, like The Godfather 2 or, like, Terminator 2, you know, whatever it is. Um, but I'm not that, like... You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't, like... Like, oh, they're making another one doesn't, like... Okay, yeah, you I, know, I get that. Wrestle my jimmies and get me all going you know well this one rustles my jimmies yeah. i think this movie is the perfect sequel yeah. um it's like like they both feel like two different movies because mm-hmm. there are two different movies but yeah. like yeah what we said we like so much about terminator one it's just mm-hmm. it feels almost like a student film because it's such low budget and it's got a charm to it and this one i think yeah. has a charm to it but it's mm-hmm. absolutely like a big big budget hollywood charm to it from yeah. the 90s um, and I just think this movie, it, I just, I can't say enough good things about this movie. It yeah. just, it's, I think it's paced super well. Mm. Every scene in this movie matters. Um, and it moves you on to whatever's happening next. Um, the action in it is just, just a buck wild off the charts. So good. Like I love, like I've seen this movie a, a handful of times, but like when we watched it the other night, when he, they're driving down the highway at night toward the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And there that house, the truck with the little house on the back of it, you know. Yeah. And the T two or the T one thousand or whatever, Robert Patrick, the Liquid Terminator, is like yeah. on their tail in a big semi truck. Again, and he like crashes into the back of them, and Arnold goes take the wheel, and like someone takes the wheel, and he steps like out of the window, steps on top of his truck just in one motion walks off the back of his truck onto the semi truck and just starts just just gets in there starts blasting it into the <laughs> into the windshield yeah and then like breaks the windshield grabs the steering wheel and yanks it to the yeah. right and this all happens in one motion and in one shot and I'm like I almost said it out loud but I didn't want you to make fun of me and I was like oh fuck that's so good like yeah. so much of this movie is just that yeah um my one complaint is that they kind of like I know the reveal that Arnold's the good guy in this one. Yeah. I feel like that would have been so cool if I saw this movie and didn't know when he's coming out. Oh, Elton. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, All right, I'm going to run it down for Elton since he's never seen it. Yes, so Arnold shows up uh, at like a biker bar. It's like a dive bar, very wood. Kicks the shit out of some bikers because he's basically like, give me your clothes on your bike and I need it now. And they're like, (laughs) you know, and put a cigarette out on him kind of thing. And he beats the shit out of him. Probably kills a couple. Oh yeah, he throws a guy onto a stove. Yeah, and he Ooh. yeah, and he's like, ah, he's like touching it, you know, that kind of a thing. Sure, sure. Yeah. Then Robert Patrick comes in, 
less buff. Yeah. Where you see his ass, which you I appreciate. Do. You don't see Arnold's in this one. In the last one, you see yeah. his ass, and in HD, you see his his uh, his beepus. Yeah. And he kind of seems to beat up, probably kill though, like a cop, and take the cop's uniform in the cop's car, kind of a thing. Yeah, it's great. It's a great juxtaposition. The good guy in this movie is dressed like a biker. Yeah. And the bad guy is dressed like a cop the entire time. Yeah. Love it. And so that was the, one of the big things that I want to talk about about the thing or whatever, sing its praises, is yeah, definitely like if this were 1990 they definitely set it up almost up until like the mall scene where like it seems like arnold is the bad terminator again and robert patrick must be the good one even down to their builds because robert patrick has more like a kyle reese thing to him he's like lean and he has a very soft face and even when he goes to talk to because they're both after john connor i don't know if you know the plot of the first one no okay this is a 10 second recap sure sarah connor is to give birth to john connor who is going to help humanity fight back the terminators in the future both the terminators and john connor send two separate people back in time one of them's a terminator to kill john connor the other one is a guy who's supposed to kill the terminator before he can kill john connor okay 15 seconds you were just five over that was great um in this one it's happened a second time except instead of sending a person back now the good guys have sent a terminator to fight the other terminator but the new terminator is even more advanced he's made a liquid metal so he's even more dangerous Mm. Anyways, they're both after John Connor again. So yeah, there's a scene where Robert Patrick shows up at John Connor's foster parents' home because his mother has been institutionalized for telling people that they're Terminators who are going to end the world one day. Right. I have a note written down here. It says, John's foster mom hot. Go on. I don't know about that. I have a note right after that says, John's real mom hot. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) I feel bad for this kid. Yeah. Anyways. uh, Yeah, like, you know, Robert Patrick, who is the bad liquid Terminator, he shows up and he's like, is John home? You know, he's got like a very soft way of he's, speaking of him. He yeah. beats ass in this movie. It's so good. And like John's like a, 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 a like a troubled kid. He gets into a yeah. lot of trouble. You see him hacking an ATM earlier. Yeah, in the movie. steal money. He like has like a computer device that he hooks up to an ATM and like punches in some codes and it like just spits out a bunch of money. Yeah. And I was thinking about that. If you're 10, which John Connor is in this movie, and you get caught by a police officer stealing money out of an ATM like that, yeah. what happens to you? <laughs> Do you go to jail for the rest of your life? Also, John Connor's first line is uh, like his mom, foster mom, being like, you got to clean your room, whatever. Then he goes, she goes inside and complains to the stepdad, and the stepdad comes outside, and he's like, come on, John, you got to clean your room. Your mom asked you to do whatever. And he goes... She's not my mom, Todd. And then peels off on a dirt bike. He's wow. fixing a dirt bike with this redheaded kid who's his friend. Who's got a mullet. For sure, like, kills cats. Like, that's a yeah. vibe you get from this kid, mm. absolutely. And they're listening to Guns N' Roses. Blair and Guns N' Roses yeah. down the, like, those, like, water reserves in California, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like Drive. Like Drive. Like Drive. Yeah. Uh-huh. So anyways, yeah, so these two Terminators are looking for John Connor. Oh, sorry. Back to Robert Patrick beating the ass. Okay. Uh, he just plays everything so well when he goes to the house yeah. they ask him about John and they're like oh what do you do this time he goes nothing serious I just need to talk to him do you have a photo ask of him ask him a couple questions yeah, yeah he's like, do you have a photo of him by chance they're like yeah hold on and they go get a photo and they give it to him he goes can I keep this photo handsome boy yeah. you mind if I keep this yeah that's fine he's like alright and great part they're like yeah there was a man in a motorcycle in a leather jacket who came here earlier looking for him does he have anything to do with him which is great because you don't see that scene of Arnold showing up and yeah. he's just like I wouldn't worry too much about him. You folks have a good day. Yeah. He's just, oh, he's great. Like, he's got that. Is he dressed as the cop at this point? Oh, yeah. The okay. entire movie. Whole I movie. Okay. Yeah. Whole movie. I was like, going to say just a random man coming yeah. up to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me this photo, please. At different points in this movie, he, like, transforms into other people. So you know he can wear and look like however he wants. But he yeah. always goes back to the cop uniform. He's right, just right, like, yeah. this is me now, okay? Right, right. Um, yeah. And, like, I love that he goes from that to the points where he's 
like the coolest and also funniest thing in this movie is him running after cars. Yeah. Chris gave us a fun fact earlier about how he learned to like breathe through his nose while running. Yeah. He's just and just, like trained rigorously. Just like just hauling ass running as fast as a motorcycle. Yeah. It's so fun. He also has a great cameo in Wayne's World where they he pulls over Wayne and Garth, and he's like, "You know how fast you're going?" And they're like, "Or no?" He goes like, "Have you seen this boy?" And he's holding a picture of John Connor. And they both go, "Ah!" and peel out. <laughs> anyways, so anyways, John Connor is at the mall. Before that, we see his mom institutionalized. Yes. And also, we see Dr. Miles Dyson. After Inventor of all sorts of manner of air sucking and blowing and machines to do mm. that. Right. Yeah. See, I was thinking Dr. MD is fun. But anyways... I was thinking like the Dyson Airblade yeah, that they yeah, have yeah. in like bathrooms, you know? Yeah. Those things are crazy. They're yeah. they're better than like the what are the world dryer? Do you mean the ones that shoot air straight down into in, like, the a V and into like, the well? <laughs> oh, okay. You don't mean the ones where it's like you put your hands into a that one's like a glove good. warmer yeah. and it shoots all the air right back in your face? Love it. Yeah, yeah. that one fucking sucks. I hate oh, I that love it. So I like much. it. Oh, and it blows air right in your face. You know those hands that you just got nice and clean? <laughs> yeah. And wet. Yeah. How about all that dirty water up yeah. in your face? Mm. But anyway, there's a great transition here where she, uh, Sarah Connor's talking to her therapist. And she's like, yeah, I know I'm crazy and there's not robots coming after us. And I know that makes sense. And he goes, you still don't believe anyone covered it up? She goes, no. Why would anyone cover it up? And then it hard cuts to Miles Dyson and a team of scientists covering it up. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we're They've got like the stuff. robot arm in a jar. Yeah. they got like a chip from the robot's brain. And yeah. they're trying to like reverse engineer it. From the first movie, yep. Yeah. they got like a bigger version of the chip sitting on a table. And their whole setup with like the thing where you touch the panels... I feel like a little Brian Singer must have been a fan of that because it looks very X-Men to me. It does. It looks very X-Men. Anyway, so. he's at the mall. Yeah, anyways, uh, so both of the Terminators have been tipped off that he's probably at the mall. Robert Patrick finds his little red-headed friend and is like, have you seen this boy? And he's like, uh, I think he just left or something like that. And then he runs immediately to Johnny's like, we got to no, get out of here. He's the homie. Yeah. He shows the little red-head kid the photo and he goes, nah, never seen him. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Uh, anyways, they're running. The Terminators fight off. For the first time, guns ablaze, and you know Robert Patrick gets shot, and it's like, like a little silver rose almost. Yeah, like a big in- silver metal impact. Yeah. It's a great shot, though. If you hadn't heard someone spoil it for you earlier, it's a yeah. great. You see just Arnold like looking for him this whole movie, and he's carrying around in this mall a box of roses, and John Very Connor's Godfather. Yeah, John Connor's running from T- uh, Robert Patrick's Terminator, Liquid Terminator. Mm-hmm. And he's running down these like surface halls in the mall. He's like, ah, ah. And then he like busts open a door and Arnold's on the other side of the door. And he's like, ah, fuck, two guys, two bad guys. And he turns around and starts running the other way and it gets stopped by Metal Terminator. Yeah. He's like, ah, ah. And Arnold Schwarzenegger goes, get down and opens the box and there's a shotgun in it. And he gets yeah. down and he shoots Liquid Terminator and then grabs John. Does he say, come with me if you want to live? Or is that later? I think it's now. I think it's later. Okay. Okay. And so they get the hell out of Dodge. Robert Patrick's running after his bike real fast, like I said earlier. Yeah. And then they get chased into the basin again. Yeah. And there's a long car chase in the basin. Mm. Terminator picks John Connor up and puts him on his motorcycle, and then Liquid yeah, Terminator's right. in a big motorcycle, motorcycle. chasing him and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. Did you watch all of the X-Files? I watched up to season six, or oh, whenever okay. the second movie is. Okay. Yeah. Did you ever meet John Doggett, the guy who replaces Mulder? No. Oh, it's Robert Patrick. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah. Anyways. So anyways, long story short, eventually they're safe from Liquid Terminator. They, like, blow up the semi, and 
Arnold Schwarzenegger is like, yeah, he's probably dead. He's I mean, gone. he stops for a second to make sure, and there's like a tire that rolls out of the fire, and he's like, nah, this guy's cooked. So anyways, long story short, then Terminator and John Connor have like a chat where he's like, holy shit, my mom's not crazy. All the Terminator stuff was real. Oh my God. And they start bonding kind of like Iron Giant style. It's great. So I love this Yeah. Movie. There's a lot of talk about like how like, like for example, at one point, like uh, he starts fucking with some guys John does like at first the Terminator like okay here's the situation uh his mom he wants to go get his mom out of like the insane asylum and the Terminator's like that is not integral to the plot of this movie and uh John's like no we gotta do it and he's like sorry it cannot does not compute kind of a thing he's like well fuck you kind of a thing he starts going and then the Terminator grabs him because he's not gonna let him because you can't let John Connor be in, like, trouble or, like, you know, stuff like that. You just got to keep him safe from the other Terminator. And so John starts yelling, like, oh, my God, stranger danger. This guy's trying to kidnap me. And so a couple of buff babies come over, and uh, they're like, is this dude giving you some trouble? But at this point, they've already reconciled their differences. And, like, John has realized that the Terminator is programmed to do whatever John says. So he's like, okay, well, then go save my mom. So anyways, the guys come over at that point, and they're like, is this good dick weed giving you some trouble? And he's like, nah, get out of here, kind of a thing. He's like, whatever, little fucking twerp or something, whatever. So he starts fucking with the guys, and he tells like the Terminator to beat him up, kind of a thing. And uh-huh. then the Terminator pulls a gun and almost shoots one of them. And he's like, what are you doing? You can't just go around <laughs> killing. He's like, oh. I don't understand what you're talking about. It's very like Iron mm, Giant, you know? That's fine. So he orders the Terminator that he can no longer kill, which leads to some very funny scenes. Like, for example, when they first get to the asylum that they're going to break Sarah out of, mm-hmm. there's a guard and uh he's like hey i can't let you guys in and the terminator just pulls out a gun and shoots both of his kneecaps or whatever <laughs> and john kind of like what the fuck i said no killing kind of a thing and terminator's like he will live oh that rules yeah i does. love that um so in the second movie is yeah. john connor younger than in the first movie in the first movie he's not even born he's sarah's not even, not even pregnant oh, with him that's so the twist i'm gonna spoil it right now okay john connor in the future sends the guy back who fucks his mom and gets his mom pregnant with him? That rules. Yeah, so that's the yeah. big thing about like the Terminator uh, series is the timeline seems to adjust, uh, uh, suggest that things are faded and always meant to be and cannot change. Okay. So that all of those things exist because they're going to happen, kind of a thing. Right, right. So there's multiple points in like the film series where they like. So at the end of this movie, they like, for example. The reason that like the rise of the Terminators happens is there's this like company called Skynet and they create the Cyberdyne systems and they create the Terminators and yada 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 whatever. <clears throat> it exists because of what was left of the first Terminator, like that arm and chip we see, mm-hmm. and they throw it into the fucking thing or whatever. But then in the third one, they establish that like all they did was delay it, like it's an inevitability. This happens. The this Terminator just does happens. Happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Interesting. So anyways, back to where we're at in the movie. Sarah Connor, another kind of funny thing. It's not played up for laughs, but it's 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 like technically ironic in the story. As they're breaking in, she's in the middle of pretty successfully breaking out. Also Sarah Connor in this whole movie, coolest person I've ever seen. Elton smokes a million cigarettes. Smokes a million cigarettes and the fucking arms on this lady. Yeah. Just out of, out of control. Yeah. Go Gaga for some good arms. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. She like like when you first see her, she's in like you know a a, a crazy person hospital outfit, just an all white or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then when they like <laughs> they get somewhere where she can get some clothes, and she wears like a black tank top and like black cargo pants and these like combat boots and these circle sunglasses. Oh, she looks so cool. Ooh. So, anyways, uh, yeah, she like beats the shit out of some orderly, steals some keys and stuff like that. There's the An guy. Orderly licks her. 
Oh, oh yeah. yeah, there's an orderly that licks her while she's like unconscious. It's creepy. Who uh, who plays Sarah Connor, by the way? Linda Hamilton. Lim Linda Hamilton. I don't know if you'd know her from anything else. But anyways. She's known from Terminator. Yeah. yeah that's she, um, the guy who won't grant her release that he was alluding to the scene earlier about the whole thing where the there was like a guy who was like, Talking I think you're just. This lady. Jesus Christ. Right? Anyways, there's a point where she holds like the main doctor hostage by taking out some like, what is that? Like pipe, like, like, like pipe cleaner in like a syringe and sticking it in his neck and like threatening to squeeze it in if like people don't yeah. open doors for him and stuff. She gets it's a bottle so that just has the word gross. poison on it. <laughs> but anyways, like I said, while she's doing this and almost is successfully breaking herself out, Arnold shows up and she starts having like a PTSD like freak out because she's like, oh my God, this is the Terminator from the first one. Little does she know he's a good guy now. Mm. Um, and then Liquid Terminator shows up. Uh, all the while, the main doctor who since the first movie has been telling her she's crazy and has been trying to make a million dollars off of how crazy she is, is seeing all this happen. Never gets addressed, but I do like that. I like that like just right in yeah. front of them. It's like, here's all of it, yeah. you fucking dunce. Also fun, in the first Terminator, when Kyle Reese comes back to save her... They she, pork. They pork, but before that, when they first meet, she's scared because people are shooting... And he goes and he reaches out his hand to her and he goes, come with me if you want to live. And she grabs his hand and they run. It's great. It's very iconic. And in this one, when the Terminator and John Connor show up and she's scared and she's running away, second bad Terminator shows up, Arnold shoots him and then looks at her and goes, come with me if you want to live. And it's like, oh, it's like the first movie. Yeah. Then they peel out. There's a little bit of a chase, I think. Yeah. yeah like where he's like smashed the liquid Terminator, grabs onto the car and he's like smashing out the back windows. Also, he's, since he's liquid, he can like turn his hands into like hooks and like... Sure. Blades yeah. and all he can also turn into other people. We also glazed over my favorite scene. Yeah. So way back when the dudes uh, are like, hey, is this guy giving you trouble? And the Terminator almost kills him. Right. Just before that, oh, yeah. uh, John Connor goes, I know they're my foster parents and they fucking blow ass and they're so whack, but I really want to make sure those punk bitches don't miss me because he's really cool. He's oh, very hip. He's right. got a very hip haircut. And uh, so he calls... And like the dogs barking in the background, and he, he like tells the Terminator, he's like, "That's weird. The dog that never barks." And like the 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 foster mom's being really really nice on the phone. And he's like, "Something's weird. Like Brandy's never this nice or whatever." And the Terminator's like, "The liquid Terminator can look like anybody and sound like anybody." And then he like takes the phone. And he's like, "What is the dog's name?" And he's like, "The dog's name is Max." And he's like. The Terminator starts speaking and he sounds just like John Connor. He's like, wow, Buddy's really barking a lot. Is he all right? And then the lady on the phone is like, yeah, Buddy's just having a bad night or something like that. And then the Terminator knows that it's actually him. I love that it. That kicks ass. The Terminator just puts the phone down for a second and goes, your foster parents are dead. And then he like hangs up on him and like the scene like pans out and there's this great scene where she's like standing there talking to the phone and as it pans out, you can see that he's got a giant steak knife arm and he's stabbed the foster dad like mid drinking out of the carton of milk into the fridge and he's just standing there with like blood coming down as she's got like the steak knife arm all the way across the kitchen wow. it's a great shot yeah this movie sounds like it fucking rules you've sold me <laughs> 10 times over and then later when they're in the insane asylum you see one guard walking around and he's buying a coffee and it's like a weird tense scene and you're like oh is evil terminator gonna come up behind him because i don't see him yet and it turns out he was the floor <laughs> And so the floor turns into metal and then reabsorbs into him. 
because he was hiding weird. as a floor. Wow. Yeah, I'm not opposed to it, but there is also a point earlier where they established that he can only turn into things that are equal in size to him, mm-hmm. and he also can't turn into like inorganic matter necessarily, like a gun, anything okay. with a mechanism, not necessarily sure. inorganic, he's, but just like anything machine. Like yeah. he's right. not a he's not a transformer, is what right. he's trying to right, say. Right, right, right. He says he can't do weapons or bombs or anything like that yeah. because they have chemicals and moving parts. Which is weird because everybody's chemicals. I was gonna say, Chris, I don't know about you. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure chemical. I got chemicals and moving parts inside me. Yeah. <laughs> right. But all of that aside, they then go to some abandoned gas station and hang out for a little while and patch each other up and stuff. Great shot where Arnold is standing out the window keeping watch at night, and then it just transitions into day and he's still standing in the same spot. It's cool. Yeah. And they go out to the desert for a little while and they meet like a friend. Yeah, because she was like training with like some gangs and stuff yeah. a long time ago to be ready for Terminators. And yeah. So they go and see those guys in the desert. And there's a lot of great Iron Giant stuff where like. John Connor's pound around with the Terminator and teaching him like up high, down low, too slow kind of mm. stuff. Teaches him thumbs Love up. That. Teaches him like thumbs up and teaches him oh. like no problemo or like chillax and stuff. Is like trying to teach him slang because like he'll say stuff where he's like, you know, you know, what the deal or whatever. And I'd be like, what do you mean? What is a deal? And he's like, nah, it's like what people say or whatever. Obviously, I'm butchering all of this sure, sure. because I'm trying to very quickly give teaches you a lot of information. Hasta la vista, baby. Yeah, he's like, you don't just say affirmative, you know, you say things like, no problemo, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, Someone's giving you issues, be like, hey, back off, dickwad. And he goes, back off, dickwad. He goes, great, we'll work on it. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, and then also there's a point where the Terminator is like, why do you cry? And he's like, well, it's because, like, when you feel pain or whatever, he's like, so it's attached to physical pain. And he's like, no, it's like, when you're not really any pain, like, nothing's actually wrong, but, like, it hurts, it still hurts. And he's like, hmm, that comes back. Mm. Remember Remember that. that. Okay. (laughs) Anyways, uh, cries out liquid terminator. Then there's some like <laughs> Then there's like a scene of them doing that with no sound and Sarah starts monologuing and she's like all the stepdads in the world and it turns out that a giant metal killing machine is the dad that he always needed. That was the missing part. This is the only person who could ever stack up to what John needed out of a dad kind uh, of thing. A man who won't get drunk and beat him or yeah. abandon him. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, then she goes rogue and tries to kill Mr. Dyson. Yes. The guy who's running Cyberdyne right now, who are on the verge of cracking what the fuck this arm and chip means. Mm. And she decides to just assassinate him. Which Sarah is fine. Yeah, which is fine, I understand. But also, there's another point where I'm like, Doug, the company still has that stuff just because he's gone. Like, there's also a hundred of the world's smartest people in this lab that are going to crack it eventually, right. if not him, then anybody. You know right. what I mean? But whatever. She suddenly has a change of heart after lighting his house up with 50,000 rounds of ammunition of all kinds of guns. There's also his wife and son are home, and he also shoots him in the arm, and she's like about to like point-blank kill him, and she's like, <laughs> and she like starts crying and stuff. But then Terminator and John show up and talk some sense into him. And then I think Dyson must be like, what the fuck is going on? And uh, John's like, Terminator, show him. And then he like goes to the son, and he's like, hey, Danny, show me your room. I bet it's really cool, because like he's being smart and like getting him out of the room because what the terminator does next is take a knife and go and then he rips his whole forearm and hand off and then whoever maybe john sarah whatever they're like yeah terminators are coming i am one we have to go stop what cyberdyne is doing kind of a thing so they have this elaborate plan to like go in there and like fight club style blow the whole thing up and also there's all these elaborate like security measures they have to get through to get to the arm and ship Yes, and Miles Dyson corrects what Chris uh, says. What Chris said earlier, he's like, "Oh, if you kill me, there's a hundred. There's a hundred people there who have this information, so yeah. they could absolutely finish it. Yeah. So you gotta go there and blow it up." Mm. Also, Robert Patrick hasn't been in the movie for the last forty minutes. Oh yeah, at one point he shows up again, and I go, "Oh right," which is fine, because also he's just out there looking. 
Yeah. And that's scary too. Learning. At, at some learning. point. Learning. Learning, even worse. Well, that's the other thing. Yeah, John has a conversation with Terminator, good Terminator, about like, do you get smarter by watching people? He's like, yes, every day I get smarter from watching people. Anyways. Mm. I thought you meant looking, as in, at one point after the hospital, a motorcycle cop rides up to him. Yeah. He goes, man, what happened here? And he goes, say, nice bike. Yeah, that's and a nice bike. And takes his bike and his motorcycle helmet, so he's a motorcycle cop for the rest of the movie. It's great. <laughs> But anyways, um, they show up. I love this actor who plays Dyson. Oh, yeah, he's great. He does a great job. I mean, my entire childhood, that never left my... We'll get to it in a second, but when he's like... <laughs> yeah. That's like something that's always been burned into my head cinematically. He's, this guy is great at acting like he's about to die. Yeah. Here and when she shoots him, he's yeah. in his house with his kids. But also when he's trying to be nonchalant, so like initially they, they all roll up as a squad. Terminator, John Connor, Sarah Connor, and Dyson. And there's like a security guard at the desk. And... Dyson's like, hey, I've got some friends from out of town that kind of want to go up and get a look at everything. And the security guard's like, oh, man, Dyson, I understand, but you know the rules. I can't let that happen kind of a thing. And then I think they, like... They... Immediately, someone pulls a gun on him. Yeah. And they take this 80-year-old security guard yeah. and tie him to a urinal. Yeah, in the bathroom. Oh, man. Yeah, it sucks. Then he's they go like, upstairs. He's like this under the urinal, and he's, like, face down on the floor. Right. Something under a urinal. Something Fucked they up. didn't plan on. Uh. They didn't plan on there being a second security guard. Oof. So later on, a second security guard comes on over, and he's like, Hey, Danny, where the fuck are you, man? You can't just be walking away from your post. And he goes in the bathroom because he assumes he's taking a huge dump, and then he sees him tied up, and he's like, Oh, shit, it's a fucking, it's a level seven. Right. And he calls in every cop. Which is, I only say because there's a very funny line where, like, John is like, this is a little bit later, he's like, oh, the cops are here, kind of a thing, and Siri's like, how many? And he's like, I think all of them. <laughs> so they're up there, they're fucking shit up. They can't, yeah, they're they, burning stuff. They can't get into, like, they, they need two keys to, to turn open, simultaneously. Yeah, to open the, the thing where the arm and chip arm are. Arm and chip are. And they need to, like, unlock one out of a cabinet. Yeah. His Dyson's card isn't working because they set off the alarm, so now that shit works. And John Connor goes, "It's fine. Remember, I hacked that ATM earlier. I'll pull that same thing out of my backpack yeah. and does that. Yeah, gets cool. the key. They're fucking around or something. I don't know what's happening here. Um, it's burning shit. T one thousand liquid. There's like some gas. Liquid Terminator shows up at Dyson's house, sees it's yeah. all burnt, goes because they burned everything up. He's got files there too, or whatever. Sure. Yeah, he decides to go to the office. Um, they something sets off some gas, so Terminator goes in there by himself, grabs yeah. some gas masks, brings it to them, and they're fucking around. And they're yeah. like, "Yeah, cool. We somehow have giant barrels full of yeah. explosive stuff that they just fight set up everywhere. Very Fight Cluby. Yeah. Um, and while this is happening, I believe the cops show up. Yeah. And Terminator Arnold, scares him off. He's not allowed to kill, so he just blows up cars and shoots around him and stuff yes, to spook them all. By the way, way, since they went to the desert, from then until now, the Terminator has 100 guns on him because he got yeah. those in the desert. Because right. there's a point where John's like, my mom always did over-prepare or something, and he like opens up like this yeah. like metal thing underneath the sand, and there's just a billion guns. Mm. So the cops are there. Arnold Schwarzenegger goes to the window, breaks open the window, and has a Gatling gun and just starts shooting at cop cars. It's great. Yeah, that rules. Yeah, long story short, helicopters show up, SWAT team show up. It's very Grand Theft Auto 4. And, um, yeah, they get the chip, they get the arm, they spook off all the cops, except Liquid Terminator does show up, like, last minute as, like, they, there's this whole elaborate thing where they, like, back up this big old cop, like, truck kind of a thing, and they speed off of it, and then, like, Liquid Terminator has a helicopter. And oh, the wait, well, before chasing. we get, get here. Okay. Still in the office. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, the thing, the thing I was just talking about, the Dyson thing. Yes, yeah. Uh, the cops show up on the floor that they're on. 
Dyson's got the detonator. They're hiding behind cover, and he gives Sarah like a nod, like "Get out of here!" I'll yeah. blow this up. Yeah, because he's been it. just lit up with bullets. Yeah, he's Not going down for sure. Dyson no, has. Dyson has. And it's like this system where like he's holding something heavy, and like when it falls, that's when the thing goes off. Dead man switch. Yeah, and so he's just kind of sitting there, or whatever, and he's like, <laughs> or whatever, like breathing like that, like he's just sweating, he's going like, <laughs> and like the SWAT team's coming in, kind of a thing, and they they're like, he's got a bomb, kind of a thing. And he's like, fellas, I don't know how much longer I can hold this, so they all start running and stuff, and then like, yeah, it just keeps cutting between like the Terminator and Sarah and all them like getting away, and the the SWAT team running away, and then back to like Dyson as he's going like, <laughs> and then eventually like he's just like. <laughs> and he like drops it and the whole thing goes kablooey right meanwhile liquid terminator shows up on his cool new motorcycle yeah looks at what's going on drives a motorcycle in the building and starts driving it up the the stairs (laughs) it's great i love it um and then they get out of the elevator they're on the ground floor and there's a bunch of cops out there and the terminator's like don't worry i got it he starts walking toward them and they're like don't fucking freeze man fucking freeze you gotta stop we're gonna shoot you okay guys shoot him and they're shooting at him and he's just walking toward him and he's like pieces of his skin are falling off and stuff like that mm-hmm. and he just gets right up next to him all of them and just starts again shooting everybody in their knees yeah he and shoots a lot of knees he's got movie. a grenade is launcher this, sorry, is this good good Arnold? good okay. yeah good, good term yeah, yeah. and he's got a grenade launcher and he starts shooting like smoke grenades at them makes a great sound every time he shoots it's like yeah it's great uh he shoots one guy in the back and he falls goes oh it hurts a lot or something like that (laughs) and then he's outside doing it again to all the cops outside and they all have gas masks on and he's just lighting these guys up and he gets to the last guy and goes hold this and hands and hands him the grenade launcher and the guy's holding it and he just takes his mask off (laughs) (laughs) anyway liquid terminator rides the motorcycle out of a window on like the top floor or whatever where he thought they were and lands on the helicopter and then gets in the helicopter and steals it. They get in a truck. Well, there's a guy inside of it and he just looks at the guy inside of it and he says, get out. And the guy jumps out of the helicopter. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Yeah. I would. Yeah, if a guy just rode him. (laughs) Right. Given the whole situation, Yeah. get out. Yeah. After I saw the building explode and a helicopter or a a motorcycle just flew at me and a man jumped inside, I think, yeah. Uh Yeah. So our good team is running away in the SWAT van and he's following them in a helicopter. Fun fact about this scene, they're driving and he's in the helicopter and he's like ground level with the helicopter like right behind them. It's great. It looks great. They go under a bridge. He follows them under the bridge with a helicopter and there's a shot from like a, a car, obviously, of the helicopter going under the bridge. Uh, and when they shot that, all of the cameramen working on this movie were like, hey, James Cameron, hey, James Cameron, uh, go absolutely go fuck yourself. None of us are doing this. It's insanely dangerous. And James Cameron went, I'll do it myself then. Isn't that awesome? And he did it himself? He did it himself, Good for yeah. you, James. Anyways. Stick to your vision. Kids, never all this, give up. There's all this crazy stuff where somehow the liquid terminator gets out of the helicopter and now he's driving another car. And they're just shooting and ramming each other and all kinds of stuff. And Sarah has to take the wheel at one point and then John has to take the wheel so that what he talked about earlier where the terminator can get out of the car and walk in the back of the truck and then start shooting into the... Because I think he's in another, another semi, the li- li- liquid man. Yeah, he gets into another semi, semi yeah. truck, yeah. And they eventually end up at a foundry. And he like tips the semi truck over, and the fun thing about it is that it's full of liquid nitrogen, and it gets all over the liquid Terminator. So he turns to like glass and like kind of like shatters Terminator. Good Terminator shoots him, and he shatters into a million pieces. But it's in a foundry, so it's really hot, and so he melts and he mm-hmm. becomes liquid again. And yeah, it's just this huge set piece finale where like the Terminator bests the liquid Terminator bests good Terminator. His arm gets caught in like a gear and ripped off, and he like stabs the good Terminator, and the Terminator seems to die. 
he just has this big piece of machinery that he's just slamming against him over yeah and for over a little again, while and he turns off yeah this whole bit is obviously epic but it also reminds me of freddy versus jason's finale. yeah absolutely, it definitely yeah. feels like that kind of a thing anyways um yeah so he dies but spoilers in like five minutes there's this point where like his like shit comes back on and it's like rerouting power alternate power whatever and he comes back to life and he's able to save the day in a little bit but you don't see him much you just see that re rerouting power thing what else is going on is sarah's trying to fight off the liquid terminator but she really can't and she's like he like uses his finger to like stab her into the wall kind of thing and he's like call for john and she's like fuck you motherfucker and he's like call for john call for the boy right now because the john kind of is just hidden somewhere and he's trying to get her to like be like john honey come here it's safe kind of a, you know, that kind of a thing or whatever uh -huh. and she won't yada 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 There's, they're just running all around it's crazy it's pandemonium eventually sarah gets to shoot him a couple of times and then the terminator shows back up prone on top of a gear that's turning it's almost like a charlie <laughs> it's like Char charlie yeah, chaplin type shit is. and he like shoots him kind of a thing and he falls back into the liquid metal and he's like ah, he falls back ah, into the, the like lava that's in this yeah. factory right yeah and so he's he's been bested the the, the liquid terminator is no more mm. and they're like cool great now we take the old terminator arm that we got from the place throw it in the lava take the chip throw it in the lava. very lord of the rings very lord of the rings and they're like cool great all the terminator stuff is gone let's go get in and out burger let's go get in and out and terminator goes no there is one piece left and he he takes like a a, a big button like industrial button yeah and hands it to sarah and he goes i cannot self-terminate you must lower me into the lava yeah and jack hunter's like no you, you can't can. you're, you're my dad you're my robot dad yeah <laughs> and there's a very touching, touching scene, scene yeah where terminator hugs him and then looks at him and goes I know now why you cry. Oh, it's yeah. so sad. And then he just slowly gets lowered or whatever into the lava and stuff like that. And then eventually all that's left is his hand and he does the thumbs up to the kid. Oh, the kid no him. way. That's yeah. so radical. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And then it wraps up with just some doo -doo, doo -doo. bullshit about them being in Mexico again, maybe, or something? Or? No, it's just like a highway again. <laughs> okay, whatever. Anyways, that's Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Yeah. So I have one question. Sure. Why you probably have a million. I don't know if we did a good job. No, that was pretty good. I, you answered most of them. Uh, why is Arnold good this time? Wasn't he bad last time? Because, because he's like a mass-produced robot, I think. I think they all yes. kind of look like when him. Because the robots... Oh, okay. So it's a separate, separate yeah, robot. Yeah, it's not the same yes. robot. Yeah. The Terminators are just big metal robots. Yeah. yeah. And in order to send them back in time, you can't send... You couldn't just send a gun back in time. Yeah, you can't send inorganic material back in time. Yeah. So what they do with the Terminators is cover them in skin. <laughs> yeah, like somehow they have an actual organic external and the internal. Yes. Yeah. Right. And that allows them to be transported hey, back. Hey, we're 3D printing meat yeah. nowadays. Yeah. So and like... so the good guys from the future got their hands on it, Arnold Schwarzenegger Reprogrammed it. Reprogrammed him and sent him back in time to mm. save John Connor. Okay, yeah. I see. Yeah. Cool. Otherwise, you're good, though? Separate. I get it. Yeah. 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 Oh, it sounds All right. kick-ass, and I want to watch it. What would you grade the synopsis? Oh, it's. I want to watch it right now. What's, what, give it a letter grade. Give it a letter grade. Uh, a minus. Great. Okay. Yeah. What do you think? I think this movie's an A plus. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna give it probably like a B plus, A minus. Cool. Yeah. Glad we can all agree on it. Yeah. Glad you still don't have a shirt on. That's fun. Yeah, that's pretty fun. And you don't have shoes on either. It keeps hitting me away. It's like I'm right. like, yeah. like you're talking. I'm like, oh, his nipples are. <laughs> and then. Eyes are red as hell. Is uh, everything all right? Have you been doing meth, Chris? What's <laughs> happening? No, I just I we we drove to Columbus Friday to right. play a show. Uh -huh. 
and then didn't know anybody in Columbus, so the band we were touring with are actually from Cincinnati, so oh. we drove, after the show at like midnight, we drove two hours to Cincinnati to stay there, then we woke up, and we had a show in Chicago, so we drove to Chicago, played the show, drove to wherever we were staying, stayed there, woke up, and then drove home today, so like that was just my last like three days, and it's right. just been, you know, like 15 hours in a car over two days or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. three well, days. So I was not listening to you while you were talking. Yeah. As I often do. And I opened up Instagram. This guy I follow who goes, all right, just posted a Terminator wow, 2 piece. Terminator 2. Synchronicity. Mm hmm? Isn't it, if that's not Synecdoche, New York, I don't know what is. Ooh, that's a pretty good one. It's a good movie, yeah. I do like Synecdoche, New York. It's a very good movie. Yeah. You guys want to talk about that? I haven't seen it. Yeah. All right, let's go. Um, I'm going to go piss. You guys run down the plot of Synecdoche, New York. Okay. <laughs> So that's roughly Synecdoche, New York. Anyways, we also watched Train Spotting 2. T2 Train Spotting. Yeah. We sure did. Uh, Chris, I got to tell you. Yeah. Since the last week when we watched Train Spotting, I haven't been able to stop thinking about Train Spotting. <laughs> I love this movie so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I think it's like when we eventually redo our top 100 movies. Yeah. Which is coming up soon. We're coming up on a year here. Oh, is that's that what we want to do is a year? That's what I want to do. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that was the plan. Yeah. You should start paying attention to me more. Anyway, I think it's gonna be. I think it's like in my top ten favorite movies. I love. Wow. I love Train Spotting so much, Elton. You gotta watch Train Spotting. I've seen the first half of it. I do like Train Spotting one a lot. I like the second half even better. No, I figure. Uh, I just. I think and, I was hungover. Uh, how appropriate that is. Did not watch the second half. Yeah. Movie. Also, sorry. In order to talk about Train Spotting two, we're probably gonna spoil the ending of Train Spotting one. That's okay. No, yeah. No, I mean, at, uh, how I feel about spoilers is that. Like, I know what's going to happen, but it's still the entire sensory experience to watch the movie. And that is what you are missing when you get it's to the It's the journey, not the destination. Right, right. And that's what's most important. Yeah. So, you know, I'm fine with knowing what's happening. Also, I will probably forget. The okay, retention great. I have for verbal things is <laughs> almost not. <laughs> great. Um, so, yeah, I love trade spotting yeah. uh, more than I ever knew I would. Yeah. It's great. I'm glad you We have no history to speak it. of because this is a film we've both just seen last week. Yes. So. Really? I thought you had seen it a lot, Chris. I no, Trainspotting 2 is what we're talking about. Oh, oh okay. yeah, yeah. Chris had no desire to see Trainspotting 2. No. And then we watched Trainspotting 1, and Chris was like, I want to see Trainspotting 2. And just <laughs> looking it up, and it has pretty good reviews. Yeah. Um, and so we rented that bad boy, and we watched Trainspotting 2. Uh, how much longer do you think Trainspotting 2 is in Trainspotting 1? It's at least 20 to 30 minutes. You're dead right. Yeah. And it feels like, we said it last time, I think Trainspotting feels like a three-hour movie to me yeah. but it's a tight 90 and it's yeah. great this movie feels like if i'm being honest 45 minutes yeah and it's three hours long yeah like almost three hours long yeah i think there was an observation we both made independent of each other that uh, sums up the movie perfectly yeah which is just that this is what happens when you don't make a 10-hour netflix season that should have been a movie yeah. like in the modern style kind of a thing yeah. like this is like it just feels like that. Like the whole time, I felt like I was watching a supercut of like a, a yeah. four-episode reunion smashed together or yeah. something like that. While we were watching it, I wrote down a note, and then Chris immediately said that, and my yeah. note was, "This feels like HBO Max presents Train Spotting yeah. Two of the series." Yeah, which I'm not totally upset with, just because, like, you know, we. I mean, we both and many people the world over have voiced their disdain for that style of television, but also. In another breath, it's just that, you know, it's that 
it's just got that classic modern sheen of like post Breaking Bad, slow, yeah. not a lot of music, a lot of quiet, a lot of just you know. S- speaking of which, and speaking of our, our views on modern television and how we're not super psyched about it, yeah. I just watched Barry. I watched all of Barry. Yeah. Oh my God, Barry's so good. Also, mm. I have another letter to read. You do, but I want to talk about Barry real quick. It's good. Here's Barry a letter. Rules. Thank you. Train spotting so two. <laughs> Train spotting too. Have you ever had your father sit you down at the kitchen table and say something like, Son, I want to tell you a story. And then he spins up a yarn from his life, something uh, from when he was your age, hopping it, uh, hoping it connects with you, hoping it shines some sort of light on whatever it is you're going through or in your own life. Uh, or for one reason or another, the moral of the story is just not getting through to you. You think to yourself, Well, I know he means well, but this story just isn't having the desired effect. Like how I met your mother. And maybe, just maybe, when you're older, you think about your dad's story, and now that you're closer to your father's age when he told you this tale, that story resonates just a little bit more. It's just that, uh, you know, when you're in your teens or in your 20s, your father's a 40-plus-year-old, uh, you know, point of view is impenetrable to your dumb little young mind. Uh, that's what watching the sequel to Trainspotting feels like. Still, it's a fine film. 7.5 out of 10. You don't often do the decimals. Interesting. Me? Yeah. I didn't write that. Oh. We don't usually get decimals. Can you imagine aiming for big fish and getting How I Met Your Mother? That sucks. (laughs) That sucks so much. So, yeah, this movie... Right off the top, I like this movie. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, I like it. Um, It's one of those things where, like, you know, this is... Terminator 2 is an exception. There there are movies that are obviously exceptions. But this is an example of like when a sequel is entirely for the niche audience of the people who have seen the thing, kind of a thing. Like I would not recommend this to someone who hasn't seen Train Spotting. Oh, of course. Whereas not. like Terminator Two, you could be like, oh yeah, you could see it. You don't have to see the first one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, this is just entirely like it, it. You know, I kept thinking about like how it kind of reminds me of like season three of Twin Peaks, but kind of in the sense that it's like the opposite of what David Lynch was going for. You know, because there's that yeah. whole thing about how David Lynch was trying to like do the opposite of what Reunion, you know series end up being these days yeah and so this thing is entirely just kind of giving you more of what you want which is fine because honestly i do like that as long as it's done well kind of a thing you know like yeah i think this was handled tastefully yeah i think this movie like with the sea of movies that come out that are legacy sequels you know from movies that came out 24 years ago yeah um i think this one is the exception to all those i was literally thinking about that you know when you went off to the restaurant i was thinking <clears throat> this is probably the best example I can think of just getting the band back together movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and like just that thing where 20 um, years later everybody's like, let's hang out again. <laughs> yeah, like this one feels like it makes sense and it in a way feels like, yeah. oh, we're going to wait 20 years before yeah. we make Train Spotting 2. Not like, hey, let's make Train Spotting yeah. 2. We're all old now. Mm-hmm. It feels like a little bit planned. Yeah. Um, but that being said, just my biggest problem with this movie is like, I, I watching it the entire time I was like I don't I'm connecting with none of this yeah it's this movie's happening it's not bad it's not boring me mm-hmm. I just kind of front to back don't care yeah you know yeah and I think like our letter said I think the way I connected with train spotting when I'm 40 something I might connect with train spotting too mm-hmm. yeah this one I, I I personally connected a lot with the idea of like uh you know, there's the the girlfriend of Sick Boy talks about how, like, you know, in her country, everybody, like, the past is for forgetting and, like, how here it seems like everybody's kind of, like, stuck in the past in, like, a very romantic kind of a way. 
And I can definitely relate to the idea of like looking back and kind of wanting to like recapture something that's gone in a sense, whether it be like a relationship you had with somebody or yeah. like a, you know, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, as a whole, the movie is definitely them doing train spotting again, except aesthetically, it's updated for 2018 or ever. I think this movie looks great. Yeah, it looks great. And uh, tone-wise, I think it's very different. Yeah, I think absolutely. this is much more like serious and dark. It's not as lighthearted and whimsical. Because even when things get real, it's still kind of silly. Like the second half of Twin, uh, sorry, Train Spotting, is the more serious half. But also, you still have things like Begbie coming to stay with Renton and yeah. London, and you know, as I said, I could see it being spun off as like a, yeah, yeah. you know, British comedy TV series. Yeah, you know? I think this movie just like. I think the opening scene is a great example of it. Uh, it feels like train spotting, but as hokey as it sounds, it's just older and more mature. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Like the beginning of train spotting, it's all of them running from the cops down the street to lust for life. And it's great. It's so energetic and I love it. The beginning of this movie is Rutten running on a treadmill for a very long time. You don't even know which person is him. It's just everybody from the back yeah. running on treadmills. Because he has like long hair in the first shot. Yeah. Even he doesn't have his uh, his hair cut short. And so honestly, I didn't even recognize you when to be honest. Because usually when he yeah. has long hair, he has a beard. Yeah. So I, I actually genuinely couldn't uh, recognize him in the opening yeah, shot. And there's just this techno song. That's my one of my biggest problems with this movie. The music might as well not even be there. Like I noticed yeah. none of it. Yeah. I do like there's that techno song that they play at the end of Train Spotting One. Yeah. They use that throughout this movie, but like a slower, like melodic version of it. Mm. That's really nice. Like whenever any of them are like reminiscing or you get old footage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's him running on that treadmill and then he has a heart attack. And yeah. Falls down. Yeah. And then it cuts to. I don't know. Long story short, you kind of just get like a little montage of an update of where everybody's at. Like you get. Which is, like I said, like, because it does genuinely remind me of Twin Peaks Season 3. Because you do get those things in Season 3 where, like, just for, like, two minutes you'll get, like, an update of where, like, Bobby's at. Yeah. And that's kind of, like, what the first, like, 10, 20 minutes of this movie is. It's, like, you see a little bit of sick boy who's now, like, a blackmailer who blackmails his, like, hose clientele no it's just money it's just the one girl it's his girlfriend they're both running this blackmailing racket and it's just strange and he also runs his mom's bar yeah knew a girl in college who used to do that cool nice and then uh you meet uh spud who i think is probably has my favorite now story which is just it's the most grounded and real which is that he's just never really been able to shake the addiction he has a relationship and a son but it's very rocky and he doesn't really get to see the son often because of the addiction and stuff and he's basically at a point where like you know, he's going to N.A. sometimes, and he has a job sometimes, and he gets fired sometimes, and he lands a good job, and he ends up blowing it because of daylight saving time, and how he didn't really know what that was because he spent so long as a junkie, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, that's a little jump the sharky, but it's got, like, a you know, a little bit of, like, charm to it or whatever. Yeah. And he's basically at the point where he wants to kill himself, and he writes a very, like, this was a very emotional scene for me where he's like, I'm sorry, I just can't be the man that you or, you know, my little kid, like, needs kind of a thing, and I'm nothing but a burden. I make each of you guys' lives harder and stuff, and for that, I mean, I just, you know, it's a very emotional scene. Um, You also see Begbie. In jail. Who's in jail. Yep, yep, he's been in jail for the events of the end of of train spotting. Um, And he's very mad. That he's not been released. There was like some sort of review that he was up for to see if he could get released like five years earlier or something like that. He's basically got five years to go. He's violent still, very violent. 
and uh, it seems to imply early that he basically has a plan on how to kind of like sneak his way out. And you see that unfold later. I'll spoil it now. He has a guy stab him so he can be taken to the hospital for care. <laughs> yeah. And like, this is a weird thing about this movie. Like I said earlier, it's more mature. Yeah. Yada, yada, this and that. Except, and sometimes it's not. Yeah. Because like the first movie at times is wacky, mm-hmm. but in a way that I really love. Like when he shits out his suppositories in the worst toilet in Scotland and then he has to dive into the toilet and he like he his whole body goes into the toilet and then it cuts to him swimming underwater to find them at the bottom all that stuff it's great and it's like it's my my favorite thing about movies that's like a a piece and like an emotion that you can only describe that way in a movie and so when the movie is like hyper and like a little wacky in that sense it's great and I love it but in this one things are wacky like him escaping the hospital by dressing up like a doctor and just kind of walking out. Yeah. Or like, like when you get to the part where sick boy is like, I'm going to take down Renton now that he's back and he wants to be my friend. I'm just going to lead him on. And he just turns into this. Like, I imagine in my head during the scene, he has like a Dracula cape on and he's like, I'm going to lead him on until the end. And then I'll take him down. It's like, all right, this is a little, it's just a little less imaginative. I suppose. Yeah. It's just way to put it. Less fantastical. Yeah. 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 So anyways, so yeah, so, uh, Ewan McGregor Renton is back in town and he decides he wants to see Spud happens to save him from killing himself they have a little confrontation how do you feel I wrote down I don't know if I like this or not I think I do Uh, Spud's trying to kill himself Mm -hmm. he overdoses himself on heroin and then ties a plastic bag over his head so he suffocates yeah so he suffocates and while he's doing that it cuts to shots of him sitting on a chair at the edge of the top of his apartment building Mm -hmm. And as he's, like, getting worse and worse, he, like, kicks himself over the edge Mm -hmm. in that scene. And so he's choking, and then it shows him falling, and then he's choking, and it shows him falling. And Renton shows up and kicks his door down Mm -hmm. and, like, goes to, like, rip the bag open. And when that happens, you see the shot of him falling. Renton comes and catches him. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I like him. Yeah, I don't know if I do or not. I like that. I feel that way also about we missed it, but he goes to see his dad. Mm-hmm. And his mom died a few years ago, and he didn't go to the funeral. Yeah, and but you she, can still see her shadow there on the yeah, wall. Yeah, it's the yeah. same shot from the first train spotting, yeah. but instead of the mom being there, it's just her shadow. I don't know if I like that. I liked it. Okay. I liked it. Do you think you would have liked the suicide scene more if it would have just pulled away from the... Like, was it just the catch that you didn't like? Might it might be, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, if they would have like, just stopped showing him, like, falling, you know, and it was just him ripping yeah. up in the bag, and that was just the break back to reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, see, I, see. I think it was just, like, a nice creative way to, like, keep it a little light, which reminded me of the first movie, how they'll do, like, serious stuff, but they'll also tend to yeah. keep it a little light. Um, I could see it being easily corny if it were done in another film. I get that, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't think it was corny. Yeah. I just don't know if I like it or not. Yeah. I'm very, very hung up on it. Yeah. I also feel that way. I wrote three down in my notes. How do you feel about the freeze frames? Oh, that's fine. I didn't yeah. mind it too much, yeah. I don't know. That was I... like a fun... I didn't think it was too much kind of a thing. I don't think they did it too often. I yeah, I'm, I'm torn on it. I don't yeah. know if I, if I like it or not. Yeah. Every now and then at the end of a shot, they'll just freeze frame on something for a couple seconds. Yeah. And talk over it? No. No, just stay there? Okay. Yeah. And then continue the scene. It's very strange. Yeah. Um, first thing I don't really care for too much is that like him and Sick Boy get into like a like a over the top actiony like fight yep, fight yep. That's like another, that's another moment when yeah. they first see each other because he's still mad about the fact that the movie ends with Renton making off with all of the cash that they scored. Um, and yeah, I don't mind them coming to blows. I just think it was too over the top and like 
Yeah, they just... I mean, they, like, beat the shit out of each other like it was a Jason Statham movie. Yeah. I do really like, though, when he saves Spud. Yeah. Spud is angry with him. Yeah. And he's like, fuck you, you ruined my fucking life, and now you're ruining my death? He's yeah. like, what do you mean? I gave you $4,000. And he's like, I was a junkie, right? And what'd you think I was going to do with it? Yeah. I blew it all on heroin. Yeah. Uh, but the last thing I'll say about the fight scene is just because, like, I mean, throughout the whole movie and even in this movie, like, they're all just kind of losers. I don't really think they have the ability to kick ass. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's just weird. They're just old old guys. Yeah. But anyways, you know, there's a bunch of stuff that ends up happening. Long story short, Begbie uh, is out of prison. He's escaped and he goes home and he tries to fuck his wife, but he can't get hard because he's old now. Mm -hmm. And he's got a son and his son wants to go to school to be like a manager of like restaurants and hotels. And Begbie thinks that's a joke. And so he takes his son out like to rob houses and stuff like that because that's what Begbie does. And his son doesn't like doing that. So eventually his son is like, hey, Begbie, I don't want to do this anymore. And his dad doesn't take that very well. That's all going on with him. Also, simultaneously, he's kind of in contact with Sick Boy about like, hey, Renton's like, I know where he's at kind of a thing. He's not in town, but like, I'm going to send you some details so you can get your revenge because you know, Begbie really wants to just straight up murder Renton. Mm -hmm. So there's a little bit of tension. I just don't think they set up the tension well enough that like Begbie is out there and after Renton and Renton yeah. is also in the city, but Begbie doesn't know Renton's here, which is very tense. And I wish they yeah. would have played that up a little more. And a sick boy and Renton go into business together. They're going to open a brothel and they're trying to get some kind of money. About a hundred thousand grant, yeah, uh, from like some kind of grant. But before that, they need money still because they don't know if the grant's going to go through. And they go to that club. Yeah, and they're stealing credit cards. They go to like a, basically like a the UK version of like hardcore evangelical, like conservative type. And I don't under really understand exactly what's going on, but it's something to do with like you know seventeen hundreds, like down with the Catholics supporting the king before parliament happened type old schoolery you know yeah there's just a group of uh, just older people in there doing this and people are yeah. up on stage singing and stuff like that and they're just walking through like pickpocketing credit cards out of people's pockets yeah and they go to leave and the sponsor stops them and goes oi you new here you haven't sang a song and they're like uh and, and they have they to go up there and like improvise a, improvise song. a song and i thought this was gonna suck yeah this might be my favorite part of the it's movie. one of my favorite scenes yeah uh, they go up there, and it's not like a movie thing where, like... He they goes, just suddenly pull an amazing song out yeah. or something. He just goes to sick boy. He goes, you know how to play piano, right? He's like, he I goes, know two chords. I learned goes, two chords in school. Okay, do the two chords, and I'll figure it out. Yeah. And he goes up there, and he starts doing... He's, like, fumbles for a very long yeah. time, and he starts doing the two chords, and he just... Retton, Ewan McGregor starts pulling a song out of his ass yeah. about how, At like, first, he's, like, off-key, and it's not really working, and then he tells mm -hmm. sick boy to, like, pick up the tempo a little bit. Mm -hmm. And basically, it's a simple format where he comes up with a line that ends with something that rhymes with the second line the whole time. Right. Like, the second line always stays the same. Uh -huh. It's very simple and believable that he would yeah, make it Yeah, the second line is, like, a no more Catholics or something like yeah. that, and everyone's like, fuck yeah! yeah. And everybody loves it. Yeah. Uh -huh. And they leave, and then I love that whatever, whatever was happening, whatever they were celebrating there, happened in 1690. Like, it's written on the walls everywhere. And so when they go to try their credit cards in the machines, they just like go two out of every three works as sixteen ninety. Uh, yeah, their pin uh -huh. is sixteen ninety. Yeah. It's great. And then they're doing it, and they're like, "Cool, it's midnight. We can start doing it again." Yeah. And just clear these people out of all their yeah. money. <laughs> they go home and they're smoking cigarettes and they're watching like football on TV and I they're drinking love, though, beers. Remind it reminds me of the first trade spotting when they're on their way back home. They're just gabbing about football to this girl who doesn't care, and while they're going on and on about this football player, they're driving down the highway. Footballer. Footballer. There's a, a projector 
against the side of the car playing clips of that football player while they're talking. It's great. It's a nice shot. It reminds me of the first mm. train spotting. Yeah, yeah. nice. So yeah, they're chatting about all the football stuff and they're talking over each other and it's another reference back to the old movie because there's a scene where they go to a club and you can't hear anything they're saying so it's subtitled and it's the same thing here. Um, also Sick Boy, so much cocaine in this movie. It never comes around or anything like that he's just constantly doing coke yeah mm-hmm. also i wrote down i love i guess it's a scottish thing but everyone says are you taking cocaine yeah instead of doing cocaine uh-huh. i love it it makes me <laughs> laugh every time uh sick boy's girlfriend is kind of in like this like love square where she kind of has like a relationship with you and they're fucking and stuff like that she kind of has a relationship with sick boy but in her mind it's only professional and sick boy thinks it is romantic mm-hmm. and then she's also kind of got this weird like friendship that seems oddly like romantic but primarily platonic with spud where she's like encouraging him to write things down Okay. that like he's got this story to tell and so like like kind of almost the C plot of this movie is that he's in the background writing the first like the book that mm-hmm. is train spotting kind of a thing okay. and he's just got him on these legal notepads he's like trying to get like clean off heroin and just writing and putting pictures of his past on the wall because he went to like his parents house or his ex-girlfriend's house or whatever and got his like sentimental box and he's just putting it up and he's when he finishes a page he just puts it on the wall and stuff like that and he has a separate copy that he like gives to her at a certain point for her to read the, the girl that he's got the love square thing with so that's one plot there's the other one where Begbie's stealing and trying to find Renton and then there's the one where Sick Boy and Renton are like trying to open this brothel but Sick Boy's undermining him and wants to like get back at him and is planning to steal the hundred grand out from underneath him kind of a thing and also (laughs) the most wild thing to me is I, I wish it had a better tee off, but it doesn't really like it just comes like it comes out of nowhere. Sick boy and Renton just do heroin again one time. Yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> I get it, but also it's one of those things where I was like, well, there, that was a quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, it's also a very sad shot though, where they're doing it, and there's another. It's another projector scene. I forgot what's playing, but it's upside down. Yeah. And it like it's a one long shot that goes from them into the hallway of the apartment, and Spud is just outside watching them. Also, a very nice scene I liked earlier that we went past. Renton takes Spud running and oh, talks yeah, to him yeah. about his addiction. Just beautiful shots of the Scottish countryside and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and he talks to him like, yeah, it's not that you need to give up the addiction. It's just that you need to change your addiction. Like me, I love to run. It's my thing now. You got to find out what it is. You should try boxing. It turns out to end up being writing. But uh, and I love the shot when he's doing the boxing stuff. It does not go well for him. He gets his ass kicked. And then when he comes out, he's like looking around the street and then it cuts to a flashback it plays that quiet version of the techno song I said I like and it cuts to a flashback from the first movie where they get caught by the police and I think all of the flashbacks in this movie are done very well Mm -hmm. Um, there are even some scenes where they make new footage from the old movie you know like they have like actors playing them when they were younger but you never see anyone's face and it's just shot the same and it's just very tastefully done Yeah. and I do like later when Renton is at dinner with Sick Boy's girlfriend Mm -hmm. I can't remember her name um, and there's like a, a something playing on the TV that's just like it's a TV show full of like security cam footage of like people robbing stores and stuff like that but they just have these like cartoony faces over them to like hide their identity yeah and, and CCTV like when like if someone's been convicted of the crime they're committing like apparently they cover up the face as the right, thing right. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like an AFV with yeah. Tom Bergeron exactly <laughs> right um, and while they're doing that like she mentions how they used to always say choose life as kids yeah and 
so he gives a choose a life speech now as a 40 year old yeah, man talking about how like it was like a big like uh, anti-drug campaign yeah. in the uk and so they would spoof it by doing the whole like anti-capitalism thing or like instead of being choose life over drugs kind of thing it would be like comically like oh yeah choose capitalism you know like choose brand new adidas sneakers and never right. wearing them saying that you're gonna go to the track every weekend but you never do you always sit there and shove your fat fucking face while you watch america swings on yeah that kind of a thing and this one he starts doing it again to explain to her what it is and he just goes choose facebook choose twitter choose all human interaction broken down into nothing but data and it's yeah. kind of cringy yeah but i do like while he's doing that it cuts to footage from the first movie where they're all running from the cops yeah but their faces are covered up like it was on that tv show i'm like that's fun that's a lot of fun yeah and then uh yeah christian and i are watching it and we're like oh god this girl's gonna get up and leave this is the <laughs> the most insult thing i've ever heard a man say oh, yeah. and he gets done and she goes I like you and it's like okay well he looks like Ewan McGregor so I guess it makes sense yeah. <laughs> but anyways um, long story short there's a night finally where Renton and Sick Boy go out to the club and Renton accidentally bumps into Begbie basically it's a funny interaction where they're in stalls next to each other Begbie has stolen some Viagra to try to help him with his ED so he can fuck his wife and he drops it while he's in the stall because he's about to fuck some girl he met at the club and Renton's like, oh boy, big night tonight kind of a thing. And then they both like simultaneously kind of recognize each other's like voices. And you kind of get like a split shot where like Renton's trying to like peek up and Begbie's already like one foot on the toilet <laughs> thing about to like go over there and stab him kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And they get in this long chase that they end up in like a parking garage and Renton's on top of a car and he gets his arms slashed and they're running and all kinds of stuff. It's, it's wild. Almost before they get into the parking garage when they're just running around the streets, it reminds me of Vin Bruges. Yeah. And then once they're in the parking garage, whatever. But anyways, <laughs> also bothered me. Uh, inside of the parking garage is wet. Don't know how that yeah. happens. But yeah, Begbie legit wants to kill Renton for sending him to prison and all kinds of shit. Like he's a violent motherfucker. Renton escapes. Yeah. Um, I don't know where it happens or why it happens, but Sick Boy gets arrested. Oh yeah, because someone basically rats at him about the the blackmailing thing, so he's in trouble oh, for the blackmailing yes, yes. thing. Yeah. And so they go to find a lawyer. Yeah, it turns out to be Diane from the first movie, which is his underage girlfriend from the first movie. Yes, and I do like that she's a lawyer now. Yeah, it fits with her. I think it's very funny. Um, I like that she has had the same haircut for twenty years. I guess that's fun. Um, And I like that she's just in this scene, and when they leave, because he's with Sick Boy's girlfriend, they go to leave. She pulls him aside and goes. Uh, she's too young for you, by the way. Yeah. Like, ah, get him. Get him, Diane. Anyways, the next major thing that happens is that Begbie goes to Spuds to try to put the squeeze on him about, yeah. like, where Renton and Sick Boy are, kind of a thing. And Begbie sees all the writing, and he kind of, like, ribs Spud for being a dumbass, and then has Spud start reading, and he's getting a lot of enjoyment out of, like, Spud's shit, and then some of the stuff ends up being a little too personal to Begbie. When Spud has already said that he never really wrote about Begbie, but Begbie tells him to go on, and he's, like, getting a kick out of it, getting a kick out of it, and then there's an afternoon where he describes Begbie and the group, like, meeting Begbie's, like, drunkard dad and that kind of shit. And anyways, I do. it's a my, great scene. I do like this scene a lot. Chris's favorite part of Trainspotting 1 is there's a scene where they're, like, in a on a balcony in a bar, <laughs> and Begbie has a glass of beer, finishes it, and then throws it off the balcony behind him. Oh, yeah. And it hits a girl on the top of the head, and she starts bleeding. And then Begbie runs down and goes, Oi! This lassie just got glassed. We gotta figure out who it is. <laughs> and uh, when Begbie in, t- in T2 sees all the stuff he has, but start reading him, he goes, And then Begbie took his glass and threw it over the edge. And Begbie in real time goes, Yeah. And then I went down there and said, 
I dislike you got glass. <laughs> yeah, that's very funny. Anyways, eventually something tips him off or whatever, and he's like, I'm, he's a he's got a lust for Renton, and he like finds the girl and like takes the phone and like texts both Renton and Sick Boy to show up at Sick Boy's like mom's bar or whatever at the same time, and they both show up and they're like, well. That means Begbie's here, kind of a thing. Also, the girlfriend at the time has heard the story from both of them that Renton took the money in the last movie and left. And she yeah. goes, oh, I'm going to take their money and leave. That's mm-hmm. what I'm going to do. That's a great That's a great plan. <laughs> yeah, that's where the Spud story is going. So in the background, she's trying to get Spud to run away with him because Spud has potential, yada, yada, yada. Spud is also very good at like copying signatures. So he does that to like transfer all the money to her, and she takes off. Spud can't do it, kind of a thing. Yada, yada, yada. There's also this huge... You know, repetition of this phrase towards the tail end of like first there's the opportunity, then there's betrayal, and oh, so yeah. that, that keeps happening and stuff like that. Anyways, the final climax is that all four of the main guys are in that bar, and Renton's trying to run from Begbie, and Renton ends up in one of those rooms covered in mirrors that were built for the brothel kind of a thing, and Begbie's on the outside. And it feels like the fight you were talking about at the beginning, where it's like this just yeah. feels like a weird action scene that does not belong in this. Yeah, movie. it's a little too high. High, high energy, high energy yeah. like uh, or like high action or whatever, like a little too tense action kind of for for transpiring, but that's fine, whatever. Yeah, he's like busting out the walls, and there's like a small moment where Renton is able to like appeal to Begbie, kind of a thing, where he's like, yeah, when we were kids, I remember the first day of school. You remember that Begbie? I sat down next to you. You were older because you'd been held back and shit like that. Who'd have thunk we would end up here, huh? And Begbie's like, yeah, who the fuck would have thunk we end up here, kind of a thing. Then it ends up where, like, you know, Begbie gets to, like, push them down a thing, and, like, Renton gets, like, tangled up in, like, some, like, uh, Comcast cable kind of thing. And yeah. he's, like, choking, but it's, like, not strong enough to break his neck because it's, like, just, like, a thin black sure. kind of a deal. So he's just standing there, like, whatever, and, like, people start, like, attacking Begbie and get Renton down, and then Begbie's about to shoot sick boy and Renton with a gun but then Spud hits him in the head with like a porcelain toilet kind of a thing and they all kind of get away correct and then and then um um uh they return to their lives they realize that she's gone you see her going home meeting up with her family and her home country which I don't remember what it is um Retton, you see him go back to his dad's house yeah. they hug yeah um Spud shows his wife the book that he's working on and she's like I think I got a name for it and luckily she doesn't say train spotting yeah um, but it was said earlier yeah someone says train spotting earlier it's Begby's dad it's the scene yeah. where they meet Begby's dad because they're, they're like in an abandoned train station getting drunk and high and shit like that and they bump into his homeless drunkard dad and he's like what are y'all doing and he had a train spotting or something what happens to Sick Boy? I don't know. I don't remember either. I don't remember. Um, For me to find out. Yeah. And then you get Renton going back into his childhood room where yeah. he was mm. in the last movie when he was trying to get off heroin. Yeah. And that he puts Lust for Light upon. Puts Lust for Light from the first movie on. Yeah. Does a little like slump back like he does at the beginning of the first yeah. movie and they cut to that shot real quick and then back to him and he just starts dancing to Lust for Life. Yeah. And the camera zooms out yeah. and... Um, like how the room gets all distorted in the first movie it just starts going forever and ever and ever and it feels like a train is passing or like you're watching a train going yeah. while lust for life plays also gives me fight club vibes also gives you fight club vibes and yeah. that's train spotting too yeah so yeah overall like i said i think a lot of it was handled well i think some of it was handled just kind of like okay you know yeah that's um, yeah. and ultimately like i i like some of the character dynamics and like how they progress some stuff and whatnot but at the end of the day it's just like 
not necessarily like uh oh like you gotta see this kind of a thing not that every movie mm-hmm. has to be it's just one of those things where like yeah if you've seen train spotting maybe check it out yeah exactly like i don't know who i would recommend this yeah. movie to yeah like i like it it's fine all the way through but yeah. i just I, again it's just the nagging feeling that this whole thing i'm like i don't yeah this movie feels pointless to me like yeah. it being made and also the plot of the movie yeah just kind of feels meandering and pointless yeah. to me but i still think it's a fine movie and then the shot yeah. at the end of him dancing to lust for life i'm like oh boy i love that but <laughs> but like i think the big problem with this movie is even though all the flashbacks and stuff are tasteful and really well done yeah every time i would do that i would be like man i really wish i was watching train spotting right now. <laughs> yeah i think the one thing they probably could have like saved this movie big is if they really really had like something like heartfelt to leave you with about the idea of like the past and like how everybody's ruminating on it and like because they set it up a little bit with like her yeah. talking about how like everybody spends time in the past kind of thing and, again, and i think that's kind of like what you end up having to do when you do like one of these getting the band back together movies is you have to like end on some point where it's like wow things are different now but we all cherish what happened before and you know time passes and let's you know let's leave it on like an inside out note where it's like bittersweet like you know look where we are now and look where we've been all right, right. good night everybody in you know? a way you're happy that the past has happened because yeah you're here you know yeah like i guess in a sense maybe it would be interesting if like in some way they made like peace with it i'm not saying everything was like yeah. perfect I and mean, i'm not saying that they wrapped it up with a bow but like if there was just some way that like you were you left with like a sense of like wow like something that felt unresolved in the first movie kind of got tied up a little bit yeah and it doesn't I, really i think it might be the point of this movie that i might again appreciate when i'm in my 40s yeah but like they all get back together and immediately fall into their old ways again yeah and it ends with all of them getting fucked except for spud again yeah so maybe the point is nobody really changes yeah and that's fine like i'm just trying to what i'm trying to get across is that like i just felt like there should have been like a, a bigger like sense of like ah like a sequel's job can be to give you this huge moment because you have the you're standing on the shoulders of yeah. the first movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I guess a good way to put it that sounds too judgmental is to, like, justify its existence in a sense. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I do agree with you. It does do the thing that sequels do that even Terminator 2 does where it's basically doing the first movie again, but with a twist. Yeah, I get that. You know, the like, same thing that, yeah, like with Back to the Future 2. We go back to the past again. Mm-hmm. But the people who have already gone back to the past are there too and yeah and like, we're doing the scenes again kind of a thing and terminator 2 is literally just there's a bad terminator that's here to you know kill john connor and there's a good guy who's here to stop him but this time it's a terminator that's yeah. you know kind of i i just i think yeah, like the way i said i uh i re- re- like the way i said i relate to the first train spotting and i think yeah. like maybe the point of the movie but what i resonated with is like yeah. hey uh, when, when you're in your, your like 20s, you have some friends that you kind of just have to leave behind. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter how much time passes, they're bad for you. And yeah. Because like, like when he leaves from everybody and starts having this great career and everybody comes back and they kind of mm. drag him down again, Yeah. I think that might be the story, but age 20 years for T2. Yeah, but again, where, what I'm trying to say is like the problem being that train spotting oh. ends on the scene where Renton is like, I have to get away from these people. Yes, Whereas I Whereas like this one doesn't really have that. It's just they get back together and then they just kind of all stay there. Yeah, no, I'm not like, trying to, I'm not okay. trying to be like, oh, well, yeah. I know what you're saying, but I yeah. think 
something else. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying, eh, this is what I think. I, yeah. I wasn't trying to disprove you. Yeah. I just think, yeah, maybe this is the way, again, like yeah. I said a thousand times, I think I will re- relate to this movie probably more when I'm older because I yeah. will probably have the experience of like, yeah. hey, these friends I left behind when I'm 20, when I see them again in my 40s, yeah. oh man, nothing's really different. <laughs> um, and I can relate on a small scale, like just when I bump into people that I knew, even just like before I met you or you and mm-hmm. like that, I'm always like, oh, okay, cool, still... Whip it's still cool. Still doing yeah. your yeah. thing. Okay, cool. Mm. Cool. So, yeah, that, you know, that's another thing that, like, again, it, I do like the holdover from the first movie we mentioned in the first podcast that, like, everybody is a piece of shit and nobody comes out of this, like, looking like the good guy. I do yeah. like that. Um, I like that there's no drastic change. But, yeah, like I said, I just think this movie just ends up kind of fizzling out at the end. Like, it, yeah, it just, like, the, the main action set piece happens and then everybody goes home. The only one who really gets, like, a resolution is Spud because he's got a book now. Yeah. So his circle is complete. But, like, Renton or Sick Boy, I beg these dead, I guess, or in jail. So I guess his is done. But, like you said, you didn't even know what Sick Boy's doing. Yeah, you know no idea. Maybe I, Spud started writing for T3. Uh-oh. Hopefully. Ooh, maybe that's why he kind of left it yeah. on his cliffhanger. They're all going to come back when they're 80. Ooh. So ultimately, C? Yeah, I'm going to give this a hard C. Hard C. And we'll see you next time, because that's that mattress, man. If you need more soup, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or go to our website, eatingsoupalone.com. And until next time... <laughs>